Shvius Perkdalid Mishnah Base four two. Sada Shnis Kavza Tizrabamoti Shvius. If one illegally collected the thorns that had been detached from the ground to clear away from his field so he could plant better, come Moti Shvius in the eighth year, that would be against the rules. One may not do that, but if he did, we do not penalize him, and he still, despite the fact that he removed the detached thorns from the field in the seventh year, uh, contributing to the halacha, he still is allowed to plant in the eighth year. The word niskavtza from the word kotz, kotz is a thorn. So niskavtza, he dethorned his field. Um, that's where there is no kanas, no penalty. However, shinistavia, if he was, shinitavia, if he plowed the field well, or he penned up the animals in a way that they make manure in the normal way, as opposed to how it was stipulated in the previous parak about how we have to section them off and you know, the rules that applied over there. So these two violations of the lachas of Shemitah, um, excessive plowing, as I'll explain in a second, and letting the animals do their business to, to fertilize the field, um, are both prohibitions that uh, incur a penalty, lo sizra b'motzi shvius. Even in the eighth year, said the rabbis, one who violated these halachas and, and plowed illegally, or who um, penned up the animals to fertilize the, the land illegally, um, is penalized and may not plant that field even in the eighth year. Now, as far as the nativia goes, what we're talking about here is plowing very well, meaning plowing twice. So the context of the Mishnah is that at some time during the Roman occupation of Israel, um, during the Mishnah period, so the Romans imposed like a land tax, and all land had to produce a fixed amount of wheat um, to provide as like a tax to the government. So if the Jews would not plant any wheat in the Shemitah year, they wouldn't have any wheat at all, and they couldn't uh, meet the tax requirements, and that could have dire consequences, and it was sakanas tafasha, so it was a risk to their lives. And that being the case, the rabbis were lenient and said, listen, since it's a risk to life, we have no choice but to permit people to work their fields in the Shemitah year um, to the extent that they'll be able to generate the grain to meet the tax requirements. But more than that, Jews are not allowed to do. And that being the case, if a person plowed his field not once but twice, since a single plowing would be sufficient to get enough grain to meet the tax requirements, a second plowing um, of the field would be a total violation of an unjustified violation of Shemitah. Um, and therefore, if a person did that, we'd have the penalty of not being allowed to use the field in the eighth year. The mission now discusses a new point. I'm going to speak it out before I read it inside. The point is, what happens if one plows a field for the benefit of the trees in that field? Uh, meaning, one can't plow, but the plowing here doesn't directly, only indirectly impacts the fruits growing on the trees. Now, the fruits might be bigger and better. Um, now, the fruits were anyways permissible to eat on Shvius because Shemitah produce um, planting is forbidden, but whatever grows naturally is permitted. And trees that uh, grow by themselves and they you know last from year to year don't even fall under the prohibition of the Israsvichin, the prohibition against um, the later prohibition, let's say, against uh, eating produce grew naturally that would have to be planted year after year. They made that Israsvichin to stop people from cheating the system and breaking Shemitah, but it's not applicable to fruit on trees. 
So the question is, what happens if one plows around his fruit trees, giving some benefit to the fruit, the apples growing on the tree? Um, does that now make the apples restricted that one could not eat them on Shvius? It's Mechlokas, Beis Hill and Beis The Mechlokas actually is really based on the understanding of the Pasuk. The verse that talks about um, permitted foods on the Shemitah year is a little uh, ambiguous. It says, this is a reading now from uh, Vayikra Chapei, Pasuk Vav, it's uh, Vayikra 25.6. It says, V'haisa Shabbos Haaretz Lachem. The Shabbos Haaretz, the breasted land's produce, shall be for you to eat. For you and your servants, etc. But uh, it's, it's just hard to translate, and the meaning is ambiguous. The question is, does it have to be produce that had no benefit because um, it rested, or does it mean um, produce on land that wasn't worked? So we have Machlokas here, base Hill and base Shammai, um, based on the, on the meaning of that verse. If the prohibition is any land that was worked becomes forbidden to have even the fruits on the trees uh, to be eaten, so then the fruits of the trees would become not allowable to be eaten on the Shemitah year. And that's Beishama Shita, as the Mishnah says, Sade Shinistaiva. If you have a field that was plowed, the apple tree on the field, Beishama Omrim, Ein Ochen Perose those apples now cannot be eaten on the Shemitah year since it's not. Shabbos, it didn't have a rest. However, Basil Omrim, Ochen, Basil say no. One can't work the fields, um, but the fruit that grows naturally, even on a field that was plowed, is still edible. And we'll learn this simply that we're referring to trees, fruits, since trees were never included in the Isra Sfichim. Um, there are those who understand that what the case of the Mishnah is. Um, if you ask the question, how could Basil permit food that grew on Shemitah year? Because of the Isra Sfichim, uh, the prohibition against eating plants grow naturally. Um, so the answer could be that this Mishnah is predating that Gezerah of this Rasvichim. Either way, um, that's uh, that's the Mishnah's case. The Mishnah continues by saying, omrim ochlin When, in any case, when you go to someone's field, you're allowed to take the fruit and the vegetable, whatever's growing there naturally, um, in the Shemitah year, um, to the extent it's permitted to be taken, you can you can take it, um, and it's hefker. The question is, are you allowed to even say thank you to the owner of the field? Let's say you walk into the neighbor and you pick a nice apple off his tree, you want to take it home and eat it. Can you say thank you for the apple to the neighbor? So, Beis Shammai says, no, you may not. You may not um, even say thank you when you eat the apple and the Shemitah year. Um, the reason why is because it would suggest that the owner of this apple is the landowner. And that's just not true. Hashem was rendered ownerless. He was mafkir, all the, the produce, and therefore you don't say thank you to this person. And by saying thank you to him, it suggests that it, that it actually is not uh, ownerless and hefker. Basil omrim ochlin betova v'shalobotova basil say it doesn't make a big difference. You can say thank you or not say thank you. It doesn't undermine the fact that everyone knows um, that the produce is shmita produce and is ownerless. And saying thank you is, you know, either not meaningful or suggests, you know, he did other things besides the, you know, he planted the tree, etc. That's the Tanakama's version of Basil and Beishamah's argument. And Rabbi Yehuda, Omer Chilaf Hadavarm. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, switch around the names. Meaning, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not Beishamah, but rather Beishilel, who was strict and said, you may not say thank you. 
and Beis Shammai is lenient and says it doesn't matter whether or not you say thank you. Switch the words around, says Rabbi Yehuda, and Zu Mekule this is one of the rare cases, says Rabbi Yehuda, where Beis Hillel is the strict one and forbids, in this case, forbids, say thank you, whereas Beis Shammai is the lenient one and says it doesn't matter if you say thank you or otherwise. Um, the general rule, of course, is that the halacha always follows Beis Hillel. Um, and most of the time, almost all the time, Beis Hillel is more lenient opinion. But there are certain cases uh, where Base Hill is actually the more strict approach. You can look in Sechs Edius where we have it listed out. So there's a general principle that those rare cases where Base Hill is the strict one um, is enumerated. And here the Mishnah Rabbi Huda is saying that this is indeed belongs on that list of cases where Base Hill is the strict one. However, the Allah is not like Rabbi Huda. I mean, the Allah is like the Tanakama, like Base Hillel, meaning one can be lenient and say thank you or not say thank you for the fruit, and it doesn't matter, it's still um, permitted to be eaten.